I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm so glad that he did. Sing with us. I don't know. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm glad he did. Where would I be? Where would I be if Jesus didn't love me? Where would I be if Jesus didn't care? Where would I be if he hadn't sacrificed his life? Oh, but I'm glad, I'm glad he did. I'm so glad he did. He left his mighty throne. Left his mighty throne in glory to bring to us redemption story. His mighty throne in glory to bring to us, to bring to us redemption story. And then he died. Then he died, but he rose again just for me. Oh, and I'm glad, I'm glad he
What a marvelous thing his love. And to think that he loves even us. This Philip Bliss hymn, Jesus Loves Even Me, thrills us so. Let's sing it together. I could sing of your love, Lord, forever and ever.
mountains and the sea. Your river runs with love for me, and I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth, and I will daily lift my hands, for I will always sing of when your love came down. I could sing of your love forever. 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 Over the mountains, over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me, and I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth, and I will daily lift my hands, for I will always sing of when your love came down. I could sing of your love forever. 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 I could sing of your love. Forever doesn't end here. And I just want to take a, a minute and thank our dear brother Sam for his faithful years. He sang with a choir a decade. He sang another 13 years here with us, with the worship team. And uh, I know our time singing together is not over. <laughs> and uh, Sam's still going to visit us. But if, if it doesn't happen again, we will meet and sing together again on the other side of heaven. You're all there. <laughs> We're going to gather at the river. There's a special place there for the San Ramon Valley Bible Church. I can, uh, I can picture it. And I can imagine our dear sister Kara has made a beautiful welcome sign. And Don has been busy preparing the seating arrangements. <laughs> Karina worked her way into the angelic chef staff. Where she's showing them how it's done. More butter, darling. You sure? This much? Oh, it's not going to hurt him up here. <laughs> and the angels are mysteriously quiet because Wally's keeping them busy with his stories. And we're going to meet him again. We're going to gather at the river by the throne of God, and we will sing all together. We're going to close with this song. Shall we gather at the river? Yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful the beautiful river. Gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. Amen? Amen. Amen.
What a joyful day that will be. Sing together. Shall we gather at the river where bright angel feet have trod with its crystal tide forever?
Weren't they nice today? Weren't they? Sounded very good. Class act on the last day of Sam. Sam is a, is a dear brother and a member of this church. You know, uh, Bill mentioned it, and I'd like to mention it again. He's never, never been but a supporter. Amen. He's never had a situation or a problem. He's been always the person to say, I will pray, I will support, I will go forward. I'll be there in the, with the team. And my prayer is for Sam to be used in his church back on the, in the foothills in such a big way. So whatever he did for Jesus here, he will continue doing it there. Amen. Good morning still. Well, we have five or six families are enjoying themselves today somewhere in the United States, in this great land of ours. And I am so thankful that we can take some time and go on vacation, each and every one of us. And uh, uh, this morning, I uh, want to talk to you about excuses. Do we have some of those excuses? Did you ever give an excuse? I did. If you didn't, you are a superhuman being. <laughs> and so many times the excuses are so weak. <laughs> I remember myself, we can't, we can't even handle them. But uh, here's a little story for you. A husband and his wife arose one Sunday morning and the wife dressed for church. It was just about time for the service when she noticed her husband hadn't moved a finger toward getting dressed. Perplexed, she asked, why aren't you getting dressed for church? What's your excuse? He said, because I don't want to. She asked, do you have any reasons? And what kind of an excuse is this? He said, yes, I have three good reasons. First, the congregation is cold. Thank God, we are hot here, right? <laughs> Second, no one likes me. And third, I just don't want to go. The wife wisely replied, Well, honey, I have three reasons why you should go. First, the congregation is warm. Second, there are few people there who like you. And third, you're the pastor, so get dressed. <laughs> so Sylvia had to dress me today, and I'm here. <laughs> Let's open our Bibles to the, uh, to <laughs> the Gospel of Luke and chapter 14. 
I want to read a few verses, beginning verse 16 through 24. Excuses. Jesus said to the one who invited them, a certain man, he gave him a story, a parable, we call it in the Bible. A certain man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. At the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. And another one said, I have married a wife and for the reason, for that reason, I cannot come. And another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to try them out. Please consider me also excused. And the slave came back and reported this to the master. Then he had, the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, Master, what you commanded has been done and we still have room for more. And the master said to the slave, go out into the highways and byways along the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall take, shall taste of that of my dinner. May God bless his word. This portion of the scripture, we read it so many times, but it highlights excuse-making. The three who sent their regrets had probably used these excuses so many times that they finally consider them valid excuses. People so often get convinced To accept that a lie repeated so often, it becomes the truth. Sad. However, a lie, we know that as Christians, is always a lie, and an excuse is always an excuse. Here in our text, the invitation is spiritual. We have in order to apply it to our lives. And excuses are generally, generally natural. Materialistic people, we find so many excuses. There is nothing wrong with buying a land. Do you agree with that? Property? Okay. And there's nothing wrong with farming or cultivating the land. And, of course, there is nothing wrong with in getting married. And these are the three excuses that they gave. But to place these things, here's the point, above God's gracious invitation is wrong. Yet, 
they are no more foolish than the excuses given in our day. We say, oh, how can, how, how can they refuse such a, an invitation by the master? In our case, by Jesus Christ. How can you say no? And yet people say no with they thank you. And they say no thank you. You know what? There are so many replies and we can take hours to an invitation and we can find so many excuses to invitations that we still use ourselves. But I chose three so we can look at them this afternoon. One, the good excuse that we do, we say, I'm too busy. You agree with that? I am too busy. These men were busy. One with the land. Nothing wrong with investment in a land on a property. Most of us have homes, have properties, and we invest in them. Second one bought a John Deere tractor. <laughs> Oxes. Oxen so he can till the land, like today. And he's so excited about using this John Deere tractor. And there's nothing in owning a tractor or cows in, his, in that case to till the land and provide for the family. And the third one got married, and there's nothing wrong with being in love, romantic, and finding a wife to share life with. So, what they did was right, but the excuses they used was wrong. Busy. What is wrong, let's call it straight, be straightforward, is placing anything in our lives above the interest of our Savior. Let's agree on that. Let's take it and let's practice it. We cannot put anything above the interest of our Savior. He is the one that created us. Gave us good health, sound mind, and a capacity to do business, to work. He should have the preeminence, and nothing should come between him and his people. The Bible clearly defines the basis of our relationship with Jesus, and it's found in Matthew 6.33. He says this, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that come all these things, jobs and life and marriage and romance and everything, all these things shall be added to you. Do you believe that? Let's quit the excuses then. Jesus is inviting you to follow him this afternoon and be his friend. He has issued an invitation to have dinner with you. What then is your excuse? What then? is your excuse. He is inviting you and me to follow him. And if there's someone without Christ this afternoon, 
Jesus is inviting you to come and sup with him. He wants to have dinner with you. What then is your excuse? Ask yourself this question. Any person who knows that he needs Jesus Christ this afternoon, there is this invitation, come and dine with me. Well, we have many excuses. How about this one? Too much work. Thank God for too much work. I'm exhausted by the end of the day to meet with him. What a slap in the face of Jesus Christ, who was never exhausted to meet with anyone, who ever asked him to come and heal his daughter or his wife or his son or take care of some business with him. He left everything and went there. How about this one? By the time Sunday comes, I feel like a zombie. <laughs> and I need to sleep a little bit more. Well, the meeting is at 10 o'clock. I know. I need to catch up on events, so many people. One day I was talking to someone who used to work for me when I was working. And I said, uh, how is church? He said, we don't go on Sunday. We, it's, you know, the paper, the paper is so big, so large, and we would like to sit down, relax, and read the paper. To what? Keep up or catch up on events. I have a busy life, and we forgot who gave us the life that we are living. We forgot who gave us the good health that we have. We forgot who gave us all the amenities in this life. We forgot who gave us this beautiful country to enjoy. We forget everything, and we treat God's invitation so lightly and send him regrets with excuses that don't hold at all. And we tell him, I am too busy. Can you imagine if he was too busy to go on the cross for you and me? And denied us this everlasting life that he gave us. And denied us the great purchase price that he paid for us, his own blood. He was never busy for you and me. He was never busy at the time when you wanted him, when you took him as savior. He said, here I am. Come, enter into the joy of your master. And now he's issuing this invitation to any person who doesn't know him this afternoon. And to those people who are living far away. And this invitation is such a gracious invitation. He sent a special servant to go and get you. And he's sending a, the special servant, the Holy Spirit, to speak to your heart and ask you, please do come and dine with me. In, a pastor in Daytona Beach, recent story, Florida, ran a checklist in the church bulletin, across the top were the words, these words, I cannot attend church services because, dot, 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 three dots, okay? And he said, please check, fill in the blanks. 
following were some reasons that he gave. And you could check this reason why you cannot come to church. First, too busy. He put it there. Okay, two, must go to the movies. Two. Three, I have a pleasure trip. Four, we have company. Five, have to go fishing. Six, disinterested. Like 20 of those. Oh, there's a special TV program. Wimbledon Championship this morning, right? Okay, where's Brad? <laughs> Is Brad here? Oh, yeah, he's there. Okay. <laughs> I saw him. It's a joke. <laughs> you see these excuses. And I... I have a special commitment, need to rest. And then there was this instruction at the end, across the bottom it says, please tear off your answers, answers and mail to God. Are you enjoying church? Thank God you didn't have any excuse this morning to be here, huh? <laughs> Second thing I want to talk about, and you might say, I don't understand these people at church. I don't understand at all. Well, let's, let me help you understand. The person who gave this banquet did not expect those who were invited to know everything about it. He did not expect them to understand all about the food, how it was prepared, what is being served. He did not, they didn't have to understand the entertainment that he was to offer. However, he did expect them to come to the banquet. And you know, God expecting you and me to come to his banquet. And when you come to church, there is always a banquet for you to eat. God prepares it for you, for your soul. And he prepares to give you the banquet to eat and be nourished and go from week to week on that one. He expects you there. However, he did not expect them to come knowing everything. He knows that when he invites you, there are many things that even the most brilliant person cannot understand. And he does not expect anyone to understand all the mysteries in, of his kingdom and all the Bible at once. However, he does expect us to come to Jesus and confess him as Savior. That's the expectation. Not an excuse, but to come and take him as Savior. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and what? And just to forgive us our, all our sins and what? And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If people understand enough to realize 
that sin has separated them from God, and that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for them, they understand enough to be saved. And we cannot say, well, I do not understand enough. They do understand enough. All you need is to put your faith in Jesus Christ and say, Lord Jesus, I need you to save me. And guess what? Later on, you will learn through Bible studies. So studies you will learn by coming to church and growing there. Uh, but I need, you know, what do you need? I need to clean my life first. Jesus Christ did not come for those who are clean. Do you know that? He came for those who are sinners. Don't wait till you clean your life. No one who started to clean your life and attempted to clean his life did succeed. I once preached at the church and a man talked to me at the end. I said, why don't you try and give your life to Jesus Christ? He said, hey, there are so many things. I need to do some work on my life. I said, let me tell you one thing. No one, don't try to attempt because you cannot save yourself from the sins that you have in your life. Don't attempt. And he looked at me and says, well, let me think about it. Later on in life, he divorced his wife. He lost his children. He doesn't have a steady job. And he's still working on his life. You know what? When we try working on our lives, we wreck them. But when we let God work on our lives, he will build them. Amen. We are the hinderers. He, are, he is the builder. Though we do not understand, we will understand it, as the song says, by and by. As we grow, as we grow, I'm still learning myself to understand more. You know what? The thief on the cross, did he understand it all? He did not know anything, but one thing, he accepted the invitation. The other thief has excuses to make. He did not end up in paradise, but this one was ushered into the presence of God. The Samaritan woman, she conducted a long discussion with the Lord Jesus Christ when he was here, visiting our land. And she talked about her life. And most of it, she talked about her forefathers and everything. She didn't understand it. But one thing she understood, that this is the one, the Savior, the Messiah. And she went home with the living water. The disciples didn't know much, didn't understand much. Those who carried the message of salvation to the whole world accepted the Master's invitation and followed him. And guess what? Then he taught them for three years and sent them to evangelize the whole world. All you need, dear friend, all you need is to open your heart and accept his invitation. Are you 
Are you ready today? I'm talking to each and every person who is not a saved person this morning, this afternoon rather. This is what we need. You need to open the door and let him come in. Behold, he says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, what happens? I will come into him and he, I will dine with him and he with me. This is his invitation. Are you willing to accept it? This is what he wants. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to have to dine with you. He wants to take you in his fold. And this is the invitation to him. That to you, from him directly. You know, Ralph Carmichael wrote a beautiful song titled, The Savior is Waiting. The Savior is waiting, he says, to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you apart. What is your answer to him? Time after time, he, was, he has waited before. And now he's waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, he's begging. Oh, how he wants to come in. Would you accept the invitation? The third word, quickly, you say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. It's apparent to those who refused the master's invitation, what we read here, to the banquet, took that invitation too lightly. Later. Well, there'll be other invitations. Well, the master considered their response what? Very important. And he considered it as a rejection. Right? And let's look at verse 24, what it says. He says in the same. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. That's it. This is the opportunity. This is now the time. To come to that banquet. To come to Jesus. To say no to Jesus, I would say it's dangerous. Please. Why? It's dangerous because people without Christ cannot escape God's judgment. Just as simple as that. That's the word of God. Because he said, the word of God clearly says regarding this, it's appointed to men, for men, to die once. And after this comes what? The judgment. It's too dangerous to say no to the love of Jesus Christ, who is inviting you to come and have fellowship with him, to be his own child, to have a life secured through his blood and say no, then you will have to face the judgment. The second thing is dangerous because one's heart may be hardened and each time you say no to Christ, time after time after time, what happens? It hardened. And it says in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, today, 
If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Please answer him by saying, yes, let's go. I will accept the invitation. And thirdly, it's dangerous because no one knows when you will be called away in death. It could be one breath away. Death could be one breath away. We don't know, do we? Did you ever hear someone buying uh, an insurance policy against death? I am not going to die, and this insurance, they buy it because they're going to die. Not to prevent it. It could be one breath away and gone. One heartbeat away, your heart misses and you're gone. One malignant cell in your body away. And one car accident away. The Bible declares clearly in Proverbs, do not boast about tomorrow. You can say, I will see tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Would you? Enough excuses. Would you accept the invitation? And this invitation, it's personal, has your name on it. By name, would you say, yes, I will come in? And it needs a quick response. Don't say tomorrow. Don't say next month. Don't say I'm too busy. Don't say I have to clean my life. Don't say I'm not ready, as we said. I covered them all, hopefully. Don't say this. Just come as you are. Just as you are. Don't try to clean it. He'll clean it. He came to clean our lives. Amen. He came to change our lives. Let's throw all the excuses out and turn toward God and listen to his voice calling. Come, as he said in verse, in verse, two, in verse 17, come for everything is ready now. Come, everything is ready now. And the question remains, are you ready? Are we ready? Let's bow our heads for prayers. If there's someone here, that wants to accept the invitation, all you have to do while sitting in your seat. I don't want to embarrass you. Sitting in your seat, say, Lord Jesus, I take your invitation. I want to come in. And here's my heart. Come to my heart and change me. Cleanse me. And make me a new man. Make me a new woman. Make me a new girl, a new boy. I want to follow you. I am giving up all the excuses, and I want to live for you. If there's someone here this morning and is praying and, or she is praying this prayer, I would ask you, give me just a sign where everyone, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. You want me to pray for you? Lift up your hand. That's between you and God and me. I'll see it and I'll pray. Is there someone? 
would like me to pray for him, would like me to pray for her, if there is someone, I would do it gladly. And the angels in heaven would celebrate that. Would you accept the invitation? Our Father, we thank you for your open heart for us. And you're still calling on people to come and dine with you. Help our hearts. Help our lives to get rid of all the excuses. And if there are some people here uh, this afternoon who did not accept this invitation yet, will say, Lord Jesus, here I am. I accept to attend. I am coming. Take me just as I am. Save me and change my life. We commit this meeting to you and this word. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. 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 The meeting is over and may the Lord bless his word. And if you need to talk to me after this meeting, I'll be in the front seats. Come and talk to me. You're welcome. Don't forget tomorrow at 7.30 we continue our testimonies. Testimonies tomorrow at 6.30. 7.30 in the evening. God bless you all.